Welcome to the latest edition of Across the Line here on Tip FM with myself, Paul Carroll, on this Friday, February the 24th, 2023. I'm uh, back after a week hiatus. I was away in uh, Edinburgh last week, and I'd like to thank Stephen Gleeson, who uh, manned the fort there for me last week and put on a good show. But uh, we have another busy show here lined up for you tonight. Of course, we're going to be talking about Tipperary versus Dublin. We're going to be talking with Rhino Dwyer about that. Uh, Tipperary versus Longford in the football. Philly Ryan will be joining us. Geraldine Canan will be joining us to talk uh, all the camogie that's happening over the weekend and Barry Drake will be talking dogs as well but uh, before all that we must mention the passing of uh, Tipperary legend Mick Burns Mick Burns of course a Nina Road club man played wing back for Tipperary played 10 years with Tip reached 8 All-Ireland finals and won 5 of them just an unbelievable career and uh, captained Nina to North titles as well so just a brilliant all-round uh, hurling man and a Tipperary legend he passed away on Wednesday so we will start our show by uh, a little uh, tribute to to Mick Burns and I'm joined on the line by Nina Native and uh, County Board Vice Chairman Jimmy Minogue. Jimmy, you're welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Paul. Jimmy, it's just, uh, uh, for me, learning a lot about Mick Burns in the last couple of days since his unfortunate passing. Like, what an unbelievable career to have, to play in 10 all to play what he played 10 seasons, played in 8 All-Irelands, won 5. Just a, an incredible uh, hurling career first. Yes, uh, there is no doubt about it. Um, a legend in our own time and in Nina would have come onto the tip panel in '58. Uh, was on the panel in the '69, as you said, played in eight All Ireland finals, won five of them, and was probably unlucky not to win one or two more. But I suppose you don't win them all. But you know, what a career was what with, with the team that was at the time. Certainly Mick was one of the the leading rights of hurling in, in that period. And um done done plenty with, with Nina as well, uh one yes, of the North titles too. Yes, indeed. There's a very, very prominent underage hurler at minor and under fifteen of back in those years. Then you know, natural progression came to, onto the Nina senior team. And um, <clears throat> kind of Nina uh, had a great win, won the North Championship in 1957 with Mick as one of the backbone of that team at a very young age, continued hurling with Nina. And I suppose one of the great moments in Nina hurling and for Mick and his family was when the Mick had the honour of captaining the team in 64 when they beat Ross Gray in the North final. And... Um, rather unlucky maybe in a county semi-final which went to a replay again Holy Cross uh, not to play in a county final but I suppose in those those years Searsfields were the dominant club in Tipperary winning 10 out of 11 county finals so I know it was of great pride to make and great pleasure to the Burns family when his son Ronan uh, won a county medal in 95 which was probably the only medal that Mick uh, hadn't won in his own playing career, a, a Tipperary County Championship medal. And would he be a man now that he, he was around the club um, all the time that <clears throat> he, he stayed involved? Well, I suppose Mick always certainly retained a great interest in hurling and in <clears throat> uh, the fortunes of Nina Aerobe. You know, his own, his own family... Um, his own three children, Michael, Ronan and Johnny, would have all played uh, for Nina. He followed their fortunes. And uh, his daughter, Kira was a, an outstanding Camogie player here with the 
Convent of Mercy and with Tipperary as well. So definitely, while <coughs> while Mick had <coughs> moved on from his playing days, we'll say he certainly immersed himself in uh, the, the the fortunes of Nina and followed his family in the game. And in terms of even off the field, like he was very much, uh, by all accounts, a, a Nina man, like lived his whole life in the town, oh, yeah, worked yeah. in the town. So he's a big <coughs> part of uh, the of a. Uh, Life of, here in of Nina. Nina. Yeah, well, you know, you have to kind of, I suppose, maybe present generations mightn't realise the hardships of work or of uh, earning a living back in the in the fifties and the sixties. And Nick had a coal yard here in in Nina, you know, which was hard work, manual labour, you know, and as a uh, reared reared a family, worked hard. Uh, built a home for his his wife and family there in Monary and you know certainly he was a Nina man all his life around the streets of Nina delivering uh, from the coal yard so he was well known to everyone around the town like yeah and he'll be a, a mighty loss that's the great uh, Mick well, of that, the legendary uh, that legendary Tipperary team yes there's no doubt and I suppose uh how humble the man was, like, you know, he carried his success so easily. Um, you know, never really spoke about it, just drifted through life as, as as one of the ordinary people of our town, like, but, you know, he was an icon at the same time. And we, uh, I'd, I imagine there'll be a big turnout tomorrow. It's, I believe it's at 12 o'clock in uh, St. Mary's of the Rosary Church. So uh, Yes, well, I suppose... Um, you know, uh, definitely there will, and it's only what the man deserves. Yeah, that's uh, Jimmy Minogue, uh, Vice Chairman and uh, Nina Road Clubman, talking on the passing of uh, Tipperary legend uh, Mick Burns. Uh, Jimmy, thanks for joining us on Across the Line. No bother, Paul. Thank you. County Board Vice Chairman and Nina native Jimmy Minogue there saying a few words on the passing of Mick Burns and we pass on our condolences to all at Nina Rogue and the Burns family and may Mick rest in peace. Now moving on to uh, tomorrow's game, Tipperary take on Dublin in Crow Park in the National Hurling League. It's at 5pm and we'll have live coverage here on Tip FM with thanks to Klaus Pubble Rosgrey College of Further Education. Now someone who is uh, very well tallied to talk about this game is uh, former Tipperary and Dublin hurler Ryan O'Dwyer and he joins me on the line. Ryan, you're welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me. Um, Ryan, I suppose we, we've uh, we've seen Tipperary twice, now we've seen Dublin twice. Similarities between the two teams is both have new managers and both are unbeaten going into this game. So how do you kind of, an overall uh, overview of this game, how do you see this one going on uh, Saturday evening in Crow Park? Well, I, I suppose you, you, you say there, there, there's a lot of similarities. There is, they both have new managers. They're both trying to get their best uh, best 15 on, on the pitch for championship but I think Tip are a little bit of a, an advantage uh, in this contest because Liam Cattle, even though he's the new manager, he knows all these from when he had them, well, not all of them, but the majority of them from when he had them under 20 uh, and even further back at minor. He, he's had an awful lot of these. They've all gone through his hands. So, um, And he knows the, the Tip club scene as well. So he'll have a lot more knowledge of the panel rather than uh, Michal O'Donoghue. Like he, he's coming in. I don't know how much of the the Dublin club setup he knows. And um, now I know he has Shane O'Brien with him. He he's the only do- part of the the Dublin the backroom team that's from Dublin. Mm. Um, 
but there's a lot of uh, unknowns for him. Um, he doesn't know these lads. He might know their names, but he doesn't know them deep down. So he's he uh, he has to do a lot more digging in his panel to get to know what his panel is than uh, than Liam Cahill. But look, I suppose looking looking forward to the game this weekend. Um, you'd have to fancy Tip. Um, you look at at Brian O'Mara and Garrod O'Connor. They they've had they're they're coming off of a Fitzgibbon win. Um, now I know they were in. Uh, was Temple Tuhi on on Sunday, or was without that could even have been Monday. Um, so hopefully they'll have sobered up by then. <laughs> but uh, look, uh, they're they're coming off a, a strong Fitzgibbon. They're coming into this with full of confidence. So they they will want to, I suppose, make an impression with Liam Callan and his backroom team. Um, there there's massive opportunities there. Uh, the, with the three losses that we found out recently between. Carl Barrett, uh, Paddy Cadell is gone for the year, Niall O'Mara probably going to miss the league. For me, anyway, they would have been three starters. So there, there's massive opportunity there for the likes of uh, Enda Heffern, even though he's not starting this weekend, Owen Connolly, even though he's not starting this weekend. There's massive opportunity for them. Um, there's a few, I, I saw the team names there uh, this morning, and there's a few, I, I suppose, look, the early in the league, the time to make changes and to see what what your best 15 is for championship. I've always said that yeah. um, coming to the end of the league. But like, there's a few questions in the tip setup and the tip team that you, I suppose, have to be answered. Like, what what's the best place for Michael Breen? Is it is it full back? Is it uh, in the half back line number five where he's where he is uh, where he's named anyway? Or is it midfield where he was last year? Do you know, it's no, it's it's a, it's a nice headache to have. But you you want to find the best position. Same uh, Seamus Kennedy is. Is his best position the half forward line and the half back line? Do you know, so there, there certainly is. Uh, there's questions asked there. I suppose with uh, with Paddy Cadell gone, that kind of it does it bring Ronan Mare out to the half back line. Maybe he would be better off in the full back line. The same with Conor Barrett. So it opens up the Conor McCarthy and Johnny Ryan. Um, you could throw in on Conor's that as well. You know, they're they're Looking at not not just this weekend, but looking at the next couple of weeks, the the biggest question marks for Tip team um, would be what is your best full back line? Because do you take one and man out of the half back line? Do you take Michael Breen out of the half back line on the field to put them into the full back position? Do you know if Carl Barrett was corner back, that would straighten up. No matter who's in full back, that would straighten it up straight away. But with him gone, just his experience, his knowledge of the game. Um, and just the the complete rattiness that he has in the pitch that you you, know, you love you love when he's your teammate or you love when he's on your team but you you hate him as an opposition um, that's missing and and that can't be replaced but uh, it's a serious opportunity now for for Conor McCarthy uh, Johnny Ryan like I said Owen Connolly possibly um, Brian O'Mara is pushed back there um, can I ask you a bit about about Brian O'Mara at full back like because we've seen Michael Breen at full back all throughout the, the year so far and now Brian O'Mara has gone out there and, and you would you'd know a bit about Brian O'Mara you would have been involved with NUIG who played uh, UL in that Fitzgibbon Cup final um a couple of weeks ago so you've probably seen him firsthand but 
like he's a very natural ball striker. He's the kind of build of a lad that you would see out around wing back, uh, centre back position. So what do you make of him? In yeah, look, he, he's a phenomenal hurler. Um, like he, he's very, very, very physically strong, very big. Um, none of the UL uh, backline were below six three, which is, is phenomenal. Jeez. But not only does he have height, he's well able to, to hurl as well. He's a very crisp striker. The ball. Um, it will be a challenge him in the full back line. Look, I, I, I'll look. I'll come straight out. I don't know. Um, has he ever played full back before? I see him as a natural centre back or possibly wing back. A bit of a party mar about him that he wants to get on ball. He wants to attack the ball. You, you, you know that when you're in the half back line and you, you, you want to get on the ball, attack the ball. If you do miss the ball, it's not the end of the world. Whereas if you're in the full back line, whether it's a corner or full. You missed the ball, and you'll be remembered for making that mistake. Um, look, I looking at him last weekend. Now, as you mentioned it there, uh, the two himself and and Garrod O'Connor playing for you. Well, I've tried to block that out because they won so well. So I, I've tried to cancel that in my brain now. But uh, thanks for bringing that up again. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, Brian O'Mara. I I think he's going to have a ten twelve year uh, career. For for tip, I've no doubt about that. Whether that is, I I would have seen him as a, a long term centre back, but whether that's as a full back, look, it remains to be seen. Um, it's early in the league, it's the third round of it, it's the perfect time for for these things to be tried out. Um, like Liam Cahill, he's played Ronan Mare full back before. He has played Michael Breen full back. Um, now he just wants to see what Brian O'Mara can, can contribute uh, to the full back line and can he hold down that position and, and then if he can't it, it frees Michael Breen up for wing back personally if I was picking the team um, I would nearly I'd rather Michael Breen as a wing back uh, rather than full back um, do you know and look I look I can it, it's very easy to talk about this when you don't know the, the inner workings of the panel or the the, you don't see every training session yeah. but I, I, I can only say what I've seen with, with uh, playing against UL well not me but being involved in the team that played against UL yeah. uh, he, he is a real leader do you know I think if you're a goalkeeper uh, a full back a centre back you need to be able to talk you need to be able to talk to the lads inside the lads in front of you. you need to be nearly like the quarterback of an American football team and he certainly does have that um, like last weekend, he was commanding the ball coming out of the full back line. Uh, he was commanding it, so they give it to him, and then he delivered into the full forward line. Um, so yeah, he he certainly has all the attributes um, to play full back and play in such an important role and such an important position. Um, <clears throat> whether that will will be fully unleashed this year remains to be seen. I I think long term and look. He he's still very young. He's twenty one, twenty two. If he's in the full back line, I've no doubt he's going to make mistakes. But I've also no doubt he's going to he's going to learn from that. And I think the important thing is how he reacts yeah. to that and and brings that forward, brings that knowledge forward. And like I said, he I've no doubt he's going to have a, a ten, twelve year intercounty career. I I don't want to shoot him in the foot here, but I've no doubt if he stays uh, injury free, he's going to be a leader of the 
the tip team. He's possibly going to captain the tip team and possibly going to win all stars. I, I've no doubt about that. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> we would all uh, be very uh, thankful if if all that was to happen, and we've all great hopes for uh, Brian O'Mara here in tip. But I suppose just uh, finally, uh, just looking at Dublin finally before I let you go. Um, this Dublin team, of course, they're without some experience from the last couple of years. The likes of Liam Rush um, aren't in this panel. So who are kind of some people you might be kind of looking out for or who's going to kind of be the, the main men that Tip need to keep an eye on this weekend? Well, look, I suppose from playing with the lads, there's three massive holes that are, are there now. There's Keno Callaghan, uh, Chris Crummy, and then Liam Rush, look, his his resume speaks for itself and an unbelievable leader, one of the best leaders I've, I've ever had the, the pleasure to, to play with. So they are three massive, massive holes to be filled. Do Dublin have the people? No, look, they, they have some very good hurlers, but do they have the characters and and everything to fill those three positions? I, I, I don't know. I'm still sitting on the fence. Like They do have some great lads there, like Owen O'Donnell is a, a phenomenal leader. After that, Dara Gray in fairness to him is a great leader. Donald Burke, uh, Fergal Whiteley. But there's a few, you asked me, is, is there any, I suppose, people that, that are, are going to stick their hand up? Chris O'Leary from Luke in a very good, strong hurling club. He's been playing wing forward, getting on the scoreboard as well. He seems to be a free-scoring forward. He'll uh, get the two or three points every day, which you know, is something that Dublin are lacking, like Dublin... And even when I was playing, Dublin were relying heavily on one or two players to do all the scoring. Um, so it's good to get someone like that, Chris O'Leary, that can score two or three points every game. So it, it looks, I suppose the way the, the championship structure is this year, um, most, if not all, intercounty teams are using the league, but in a lot of ways, what it should be for, and that's to get the best team on the pitch for the end of the league, start the championship. Yeah. So both teams, whether it's Tip, whether it's Dublin or any other games over the weekend, they're going to, it's not, yeah, obviously you do want to win it um, for confidence uh, and everything. And, and uh, yeah, just to, to boot, give the team a boost. But I think both teams will, will certainly say, Josh, yeah, it would be nice to win this game, but if we can learn something from it, um, we'll, we'll certainly take take that over winning it. Um, so they are... The, and look, it's obvious, uh, especially from a tip point of view, when the way they named the team, that they are trying out a few things with Brian O'Mara full back, Michael Breen wing back. Um, they are trying a few things, and just to see see how it goes. And you know, if they learn something from it, then, well, they will learn something from it. The leaders say, look, we'll try this again, see how good he is the second day, or they'll say, right, well, look, we'll move on from that idea and put him back to his his normal position. Do you know, so. So plenty, like plenty it. to learn uh, from this weekend um, and we're just uh, pushing on time here so I'll have to let you go but uh, Rhino Dwyer, thanks a million for joining us on Across the Line. No problem at all. Former Tipperary and Dublin hurler Rhino Dwyer there giving us his thoughts on Tipperary versus Dublin in the National Hurling League and that game takes place tomorrow at 5pm in Croke Park and it's live here on Tip FM. Myself and Ken Hogan will be talking you through that action there with thanks to Clash de Pubble, Ross Gray College of Further Education. Now it's time for our first ad break but don't go anywhere. we still got Gaelic football, camogie and greyhound racing all to come after these. Welcome back to part two of Across the Line here at myself, Paul Carroll, on this Friday, February the 24th, 2023. 
Now on Sunday, the Tipperary footballers still go in search of their first league win of the campaign. They're up in Longford and Pierce Park at 2pm on Sunday. And that's a game you can hear live here on Tip FM with thanks to Treaty Electric on Sarsfield Street in Clanmel. So to talk ahead of that game, I'm joined on the line by former Tipperary goalkeeper Philly Ryan. Philly, you're welcome to the show. Thanks, Paul. Um, Philly, I suppose it's a it's an interesting, it's a very important game this Sunday um, at two o'clock in Pierce Park up in Longford. Both teams haven't won a game yet; they're both zero and three going into this game. It's this is must win for both teams. Yeah, it's a must win game for both teams, and even at that, you'd wonder if either team wins, will it be enough to to help them survive? You know, looking at the score differences, both both of them are quite weak. Both Tip and Longford, Longford are down twenty seven points, and Tip are down twenty three. So. Even to pick up two points, to win with a with a good score difference will be needed. And it's it's something I suppose that uh, hasn't come easily for Tipperary um, in the last. Well, I suppose the last time they played up in Pierce Park was in twenty twenty one, and Longford beat Tip that day in the relegation playoff, um, the Division Three relegation playoff. So um, Tipperary, I suppose, have some bad memories of of the last time going up going up to Longford. Yeah, I know it's not an easy place to go. You have a long trip up there, and then it's, it's a hard place. They're very passionate and crowd when you get in there. Uh, they're not easy to deal with, and it's a tight enough pitch, even though it looks like a big pitch, but they'll, they'll get on top of you very quickly. And when they have something to play for, which they will have on Sunday, they'll be fairly, I'd say, they'll be gunning for the tip lads on Sunday, so it won't, won't be an easy game. And, like... In fairness, like Tip are probably looking at this game like, right, these lads are going poorly. They've lost all three games. But likewise, Longford will be looking at Tip the same way, thinking, right, these lads are, are going bad. They're coming up here. So both teams will see this as an opportunity as well. You would think so, Paul, yeah. But it, it's funny, both teams are very similar. Uh, Tip had a good McGrath Cup campaign. Uh, didn't lose Beth Watford, Limerick, and then came into the league. And I suppose a few injuries, lost the first game to down. Makes on to cabin. What would worry me is we're shipping heavy scores, you know, at the back end and not scoring enough at the front. And I suppose Longford are very similar. They would they wouldn't have the Auburn Cup, which would have been a big shock for them. And uh, they wiped out loud in the final, really. One of their players, Desi Reynolds, scored three three. I don't think they've scored anything like it since the uh, in their three league games. I think they've scored a total of twenty eight points. So yeah, they, yet to they, score goals. Yeah, they burnt themselves out that day. So. Yeah, so like it's, um, I suppose we'll, we'll try our best not to mention the the injuries because it's so much has been made of the of the the injuries that the lads have um in inside with the footballers in terms of uh, Connor Sweeney, Stephen O'Brien, and, and we could go on, but it's the players that are there now are going to be the ones that are tasked with with turn, turning it around. But I suppose a positive is that I'd imagine we'll see Sean O'Connor and Mark Russell on Sunday who didn't feature last week. Um, what can they kind of bring to, to improve things? Ah, well, both players bring great experience. Though Sean is a young man, but he, he won a Sigurdsson medal with UCC last week, so he'll bring a little sco- bit of score power as well. He scored 1-1 above in Cavan against them in the league. And Mark is, Mark is an exceptional player. When he seems to come off the bench, he seems to have a huge impact. Scores three, four points maybe from the bench and maybe as much impact from, the, from there as he has on the field. So they'll bring great experience. You have Paddy Sheen, who got probably 55 minutes into him last week. And then Connor Cadell should be available this week, hopefully. Yeah, so that, that would be a big boost at least. And I suppose it gives the lads options as well. And, um, you know, it's not as hampered as they were, let's say, last weekend in Semple Stadium. 
No, no, they're, they're not. Um, you have a few positives coming back into the squad. Again, though, I suppose they will be worried. We've conceded 19 points in the last two games, so that's going to be... I'm sure the lads, the management team, will have looked at that during the week and tried to rectify some of that. And one big thing with Longford is, of course, their manager is Paddy Christie, who has been involved with tip football for the last uh, two, three years anyway, with David Power and then with the under-20s as well. So probably not ideal in terms of um, he's going to know an awful lot about these Tipperary players and how David likes to set up. Yeah, he probably will, but I suppose every game takes on a life of its own and this one will be quite different because it is essentially a relegation battle. It's a survival, a battle of the survival. You know, uh, whoever wins on Sunday it, it might stay up. Whoever loses will certainly will not stay up, you know. So that's, that's the way whoever loses is going down. That's a guarantee. Yeah, and um, with, with Paddy himself, like, would... What kind of what would what way will Longford set up? Do you think what kind of uh, style of play does he usually like to uh, to bring to teams? Just looking at the way he plays, I imagine it to be relatively simple, a bit a bit more old school. Maybe the best it is no great tactics about it. I don't know will they employ a sweep? I think they might just go and play old style, uh, try to attack, tip on the front foot. He'll probably expect that he knows them, as you say after being here for two or three years and being involved with an awful lot of the players. So he'll probably have analysed each and every player this week and maybe hopefully over-analyse it because he can go too much into it sometimes. But I imagine he'll probably, he'll probably try to play front, front foot football and take tip on as much as he can. Yeah, and in, just looking at tip, like how, how do you think... Um, if like I see this as probably... A low-scoring game, but I'm not, and you mentioned there that that all games can take on a life of their own. But I'd be looking at this as two teams who are probably low on confidence, not scoring an awful lot, um, probably conceding more than they'd like. I think uh, Longford conceded four goals and sixteen points against Westmead, so like they'll probably I can see this being a kind of low-scoring kind of cagey affair, maybe. You could be right, uh, uh, Paul, because probably the start of it, I'd say teams might go out not to lose the game so that could be that could decide what way they'll set up you could employ maybe at least one sweeper if not two at the back and you know it could be a dour affair all right it might and as you say it could be low scoring uh since since the Auburn cup i think longford have scored the, the max they've scored in the league is 11 points and you said earlier they haven't even scored a goal so i'm sure that would be a worry for them yeah well um i suppose finally i it's it's been tough on the the tip, the tip players. How do you imagine um, this last week has been for them in terms of training and things like that? In terms of getting back up, like they would have been probably down and out after the performance against uh, up in Cavan and then losing to Antrim and then compounded with the injuries and stuff. How do you think this last week maybe has gone for them? I, I imagine, look, Paul, this is a team that's used to taking knocks, kicks uh, in the teeth, and they've been knocked back. You know. I don't think last week will be any huge dent to them. I, I imagine they'll come out, they'll try and play football, they'll try and pick up maybe, they'll hope to win the game on Sunday and try and pick up maybe two, three more results in the, by the end of the league to survive, you know? Yeah, yeah, and wouldn't it just be brilliant? Like, they're, they're putting so much into it, you'd love to see them just come out and perform and, uh, you know, and, and get, possibly get a, a good result on Sunday. If they are to get that good result, how do you kind of see that playing out? Well, the word you mentioned there is perform, and I would like to see, uh, it would be great to see a performance out of the team if we could. It would be, I, I think we've not played, I think we've been a, a little bit slow on the ball. 
going forward, a bit ponderous with it. Uh, so I'd like to see us play with a bit more um, creativity, if we could. Uh, I watched uh, the, the, a game last week, the AVB, essentially it was on a Monday night, and I thought the best man in the field was, without being biased, was Coleman Kendi, you know, and he didn't even get a bit of game time last week. So I'd like to think that we might see him in the 20 uh, at some stage this week, and he'll bring a little bit of creativity to the, to the play. I think we need to go forward faster uh, that's where I see is just try and hurt them at the back, try and put a score on the board and long, uh, outscore Longford. I don't know what their max score will be, probably 12, 13 points, hopefully no goals. That's, that's the target we have to aim for. Be ahead of that. So let's hope they can uh, come out of Longford with maybe a win on Sunday. Philly Ryan, thanks for for joining us on Across the Line. No problem. Former Tipperary goalkeeper Philly Ryan there giving us his thoughts on Tipperary versus Longford. That's on Sunday at 2pm and will be live here on Tip FM with thanks to Treaty Electric, Sarsfield Street in Clonmel. Now just before we go to our second ad break, just a reminder that on Saturday at quarter past two in Toome Stadium in Galway, Abbey CBS take on St. Attractus Community School Tubber Curry. This is in the All-Ireland Senior B Football semi-final, so we wish all Abbey CBS uh, members and management the best of luck in that one. And sticking with football, the Tipperary Ladies footballers are in action. It's their only away game of the league. They're playing, uh, I think, six or seven games altogether. This is their only one that's going to be away. And it's up in Monaghan. That's on Sunday at 2pm. So we wish the Tipperary Ladies footballers and Abbey CBS all the best of luck over the weekend. Now it's time for our second break, but don't go anywhere because we'll be talking camogie and greyhound racing after this. Welcome back to the third and final part of Across the Line here on Tip FM with myself, Paul Carroll. So the Tipperary Camogie team are back in action this weekend. The senior side take on Dublin up in Parnell Park. That's at 2pm tomorrow. And uh, just before that, at 1pm, the junior side take on Cork in the County Camogie Grounds down in Cork. So that's at 1pm and the seniors are on at 2pm. So to talk through these games, I'm joined on the line by Tipperary Camogie PRO and Camogie Analyst Geraldine Canan. Geraldine, how are you? Good, Paul, thanks. Um, I suppose, Geraldine, we had the the senior team get their league campaign uh, off to a great start last weekend, beating Galway 4-9 to 1-9. I suppose it was our first proper look at uh, Dennis Kelly's uh, uh, regime, let's say. Um, how did you make of it? Did you see any kind of differences or any, any different uh, positional changes or styles of play or anything like that from the first outing? Yeah, I suppose you'd have to say it was a very positive start um, to the campaign. Um, you know, they definitely seems to be a good vibe, a good buzz about in the camp and, um, you know, great work, great, great attitude and everyone kind of playing, you know, great teamwork and look, it's only the first day out but it's definitely a lot of positives. Um, I suppose Karen Kendi is back at number six and I'd imagine that's where she'll stay for the year and we had Claude Cork at, at, at three um, so look, probably looking at her as the full back um, where that leaves Mary Ryan, I'm not sure or, or but it's definitely an option there at full back. Um, yeah, it was just interesting, you know, with Casey out midfield. I suppose I haven't seen her out midfield before. Courtney Ryan in the forwards and Cueva Matter inside in the forwards as well. Again, new position for them. Um, he probably has more backs than, than I suppose maybe he needs. Like, you know, he had six backs started last day. That was without Mary Ryan and Aoife McGrath, two starters last year. So um, that's why he probably likes Courtney Ryan was played in the forward. So um, it's interesting and it was a great opening start. And But I suppose it won't be worth adding to him if they can't build on it and get a win over Dublin. You know, Dublin suffered a very heavy defeat to Cork. Um, so look, I expect a big bounce back from them at home as well. And uh, But, you know, I think, I suppose the Galway game would be long forgotten about if we lose to Dublin. So I really think a win against Dublin, you know, you have to be winning 
whatever about the Corks and the Always and the Kilkenny's, I think we have to be beating the likes of Dublin and we only drew them in the championship last year, but mm. we have to drive on from that and be kind of progressing and be able to beat these teams every time you meet them, you know. Yeah, and just I suppose before we move on from last week and look um, towards Dublin, um, the four goals was something that caught my eye straight away because I remember talking to you last year and during the championship, and I look back at it before um, we came on air here, but they, we only got one goal in the championship last year, so goals was kind of a big struggle, and a lot of those games were draws and things like that where a goal probably would have won the game for Tip. Um, they had a real eye for, eye for goal last week, and it would be great to see that continue, but in particular, Karen Kendi's goal just surged up through the middle of the field and uh, a, gr- a great solo effort by her. But goals is something that um, we'd like to see definitely more of this year anyway. Yeah, look, geez, I'd forgotten that myself, that they'd only got one goal last year in the championship. And sure, that's not going to get you very far. So definitely four goals was great to see. And like four goals against a team like Galway, you know, even better again. But they definitely, you know, there was signs of them going for goals. But I thought it was really attacking. I think it was... Cueva Maher got a point at one stage but they were looking for a goal and there was maybe three different players running off the shoulders and look the goal wasn't on in the end but there was super support play so you know you see the runs from Karen for Karen to be able to do that obviously there's the fit, fitness and skill level of Karen but there's also someone else covering for her there was Courtney Ryan you know playing one-two with her and you know it was just it was great support play great attacking play and you know I don't know whether that's something Michael Ferncombe has bought to as a coach or Kevin Moore but definitely um, there seems to be you know a better combination in the attack and uh, better support play better team play and uh, that's where the kind of the goals came out of and it was great to see four different scores as well Roisin, Courtney and Anna Fahey come off the bench to score so look that's what we need. We need a greater spread of scores and we need goals, like you said, if we're going to be winning games come championship. Yeah, and Anna Fahey um, would have been on the minors, am I right in saying, the last couple of years. So she's one of the younger players on the squad, am I right? Yeah, herself and her twin sister, Lily Fahey, actually, are, are after coming up from the minors last year. And they're with Cash King Cormacs as well. And, you know, people would have seen them playing with uh, Cash Community School as well. So, two really good players and uh, great to see Anna coming off the bench look she's still very young obviously but yeah she's playing senior Camogia Cashel for, for a few years now as well so um, look, she didn't look out of place when she came on the other day yeah brilliant getting herself a, a goal straight away but um, looking at Dublin you mentioned it earlier Tip drew at Dublin in the championship last year up in Parnell Park and Tip are playing Dublin in Parnell Park uh, tomorrow at 2pm Um I suppose you mentioned Dublin coming off a, a, um, a heavy defeat to Cork, but I suppose we're we're going to be judging it off the championship last year um, and the fact that it's up in Parnell Park as well is probably a good test for the girls to maybe go up and, and right a few wrongs from the last time they are up there. Yeah, look, I suppose Dublin at home last year in Parnell Park really didn't let tip get any kind of grip on the game. Um, you know, I suppose they just looked hungrier last year in the championship they worked, you know, really well when they didn't have the ball. Um, they had a few nice little nice forwards there and they got some great scores as well and punished any mistakes by Tip. But, you know, I would have been disappointed with Tip's performance last year. I thought they never got going at all um, against Dublin and, you know, I they were very flat. Um, at the same time, Dublin, I suppose, couldn't put them away. We went down to 14 players maybe with 10 minutes to go and Dublin were ahead and we still crawled it back and a great free by Kosh to win the game. But, um I'd be hoping for a totally different game uh, tomorrow. You know, I know you're saying you have to, we can judge Dublin on last week, but or on last year. But at the same time, you know, I think Paul Kelly came in as manager there at the start of the year. He seems to have left them. You know, I don't know what happened there, but um, one of the selectors has to step up as manager, and I couldn't imagine they can be as organised or, or as prepared as Tip are at the moment. Um, there are a lot of girls involved in in Ashburn as well, and. 
Um, I just think there's a new management after coming in, and you know, and there was a bit of chopping, changing already. That they're probably a bit behind in, in terms of preparation than Tip are. Um, but look, I could be totally wrong. Maybe the court thing was a big slip up, and and they'll be much better the next. Well, I, I think they will be regardless, much better. But uh, just just going by on last weekend's results, you think Tip definitely looked to be in a different, a better position. But um, you know, like you said. Dublin, there was only a, it was a draw game. The championship wasn't much in the league last year, so they do have the players, they do have the talent, and they won't fear playing playing Tip in Parnell Park. But you know, I'd be hoping Dennis can build from from last week's win again and a big performance in Dublin. And just finally on this game, can I ask about like we, we Dennis Kelly would have been coach with Bill Milani the last couple of years, and and Dennis has come in as manager now, and he's brought some new coaches and selectors and things like that in. Does it feel like a, a freshness to it, or is it kind of a, a a similar to how it felt the last few years in terms of that that Dennis is still there and there's that kind of link, or is it kind of a, a new fresh feeling to uh, the, the whole setup this year? I think it seems to be a new fresh feeling because I think you know Dennis is really the only um, I suppose member of the management team that is still there um, there's still like a lot of new voices in the dressing room with Michael Ferncone Kevin Moore and Linda Grogan um, Oscar even the strength and conditioning so there's definitely you know it's, there's definitely a freshness in terms of the management then when you have the likes of Claude and Kyron back from the start of the year um, you have players like Kareem Blair that was away last year back Teresa Ryan that was away in Australia she's back some younger players after coming up. So there's, you know, lots of new faces um, in, in terms of players' personnel and, and in management. So there definitely is a new freshness and there's, I suppose, it's a chance to build on, on all the work and all the progress they made under Bill Milani and it's just a chance to maybe climb another rung of the ladder, you know. Yeah, brilliant. And we'll, we'll just uh, quickly switch our attention to uh, the Tipperary uh, junior side. They're in action this weekend in the league. They're away to Cork. Uh, that's also tomorrow. That's at 1pm in the Cork Camogie grounds. Um, also new management for the uh, the junior side. David Sullivan of Laura has gone in as their manager. Um, how how are they faring? I'd imagine that it's still um, the same as previous years that the two teams train separately. They used to train together, I believe, a number of years ago, but they're training separately. How is, um, how is that all faring? They're going to have a tough enough league campaign, I suppose, in terms of the fact that they're playing in the Premier Junior Championship and the rest of the teams in their league group are in the Intermediate Championship. So it's going to be a difficult but good test for them uh, in, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I suppose it's kind of a funny one. I suppose we got relegated from Intermediate back to Junior maybe two years ago. But last year and the year previous, we survived relegation battles in the league. So we're still in the Division 2 league. So like you said, up against Intermediate teams. And the group this year is very tricky, like playing Cork, who you know were only a few points away from winning the Intermediate All Ireland last year, um, playing very good Wexford team, very good second Kilkenny team. Galway then will have a new a lot of new players after winning the Intermediate Championship last year. But there's a serious conveyor belt, I suppose, of talent in all those counties. So their second teams are going to be very strong and preparing for an Intermediate Championship. Uh, where we struggled last year, we didn't get over a group in the Junior Championship, which was disappointing. Um, look, D- David Sullivan is a fantastic manager. He's a new management team. Got you know with them. Um, very accomplished team and they've huge work gone in already and um he's uh he's preparing well for the championship ahead and um you know they've a lot of work done gym work in in trials and in training and uh you know I, I suppose a lot of time was put together just getting to know the players and getting trials done and getting them a team in place so look I think come championship you know they're going to give that junior championship a really really good rattle but I suppose for the league you know 
it is going to be a big step up for them. Um, for some new players, maybe first time playing adult inter-county camogie as well. So, look, it's going to be a huge test. But from what I'm hearing, you know, they're going very well in training, very well in challenge matches. They do have a few injuries now. Gene Kelly had to get her appendix out. Amy Cross has a broken finger and stuff. So, look, they don't have everyone available for, for, to them for Cork. But, you know, by all accounts, the attitude, the work rate, everything, they're very happy with how it's going. So, you know... I, th- I think they'll give a very good account of themselves um, in Cork and uh, it's going to be tough but uh, you know I suppose that team really is it's eyeing up for championship really later on in the summer you know 100% yeah and I've, I think uh, David has great credentials in, in Camogie so he, I'm very interested to see how he does with this uh, junior side this year but um, Geraldine uh, thanks a million for joining us on Across the Line Thanks Paul Geraldine Canan there, Tipperary Camogie Bureau, talking us through those two Tipperary uh, senior and junior Camogie games happening uh, this weekend. I'll try and get to the senior game myself. That's in Parnell Park at 2pm before we head on to uh, Crow Park at 5pm. But now, as always, on a Friday evening, it's time to talk dogs. Tip FM's Greyhound Update, in association with Greyhound Racing Ireland, because this runs deep. And here with our weekly Greyhound Update, it's Barry Drake. So it's another really busy of Greyhound racing with so much to look forward to all over the country and that all starts below in the Kingdom Greyhound Stadium in Tralee tonight as the second round of the €11,000 to the winner Greyhound and Petworld Juvenile Classic takes centre stage. Plenty of Tipperary interest here in this competition and looking ahead to the opening heat where Or Mystery uh, should go well for Kappa White trainer Pat Buckley running from trap number one was a massive eye catcher in the opening round and uh, I expect this ground to go very close the obvious one uh, to beat will be Benny Mac Walt from the Liam Dowling Kennels this one clocked a sensational 28-12 on debut uh, but has a slightly tougher draw this time around out in trap number 5 elsewhere moving on to the second heat um, it's another really high class event here uh, with plenty in with a chance maybe trap number 1 Benny Mac Marino I could get the job done there for trainer uh, Liam Dowling but more Tipperary interest in heat number 3 at uh, trap number 5 Music Glide Away this one for trainer Pat Gilfoyle who won the competition last year uh, with We Can Dream this one ran well in defeat uh, last week and that could be the answer to a tricky puzzle well moving on to the fourth and final heat and uh, it looks between uh, four here Roy Hope Beach uh, another sensational performer last week when clocking the giant quickest of the opening round 28-12 uh, for trainer Michael O'Donovan uh, looks certain to go well there from trap number four while in trap number six you have good maestro uh, for trainer Pat Gilfoyle another one that stopped the clock impressively last week when winning in 28-27 so the stars of the future uh, very much on show below there in Tralee tonight turning our attentions to Clonmel uh, tonight 7.30 start nine race car down for decision trainer Adam Dunford looks to have a right good chance um, in race number four uh, or race number four yeah hang in there the newcomer to racing action there looks a smart sort qualified in 29 42 um, around uh, Clonmel last time and could be a could be well up to making a winning debut elsewhere switching our attentions to Turles on Saturday night um, it's a 10 race card getting underway at 7.45 uh, race number 7 is the Turles race course A4 570 final kindly sponsored by the Maloney family, family wide open affair here plenty of a chance Brendan Everett uh, the trainer is doubly represented in the final and uh, his uh, Liz Nadine range and dripping wet could be the two to concentrate on they're going to side with uh, Liz Nadine range who certainly will be finishing with a flourish and might just grab the spoils there late on to win that uh, 1500 euros first prize 
Uh, elsewhere, Clonmel on uh, Sunday night racing action returns to the Clonmel Greyhound track on Sunday night. Some good action to look forward to there um, on Sunday nine race card seven thirty start. Keep an eye on Slaney side Norma. Uh, in race number 5 she should relish the step up and trip there for the Thurless Kennels of Derek Keogh and a big run is very much expected uh, m- switching our attentions to the uh, big racing at Shelburne Park on Saturday night um, it's the final of the 16,000 euros Paddy Keogh suspended ceilings gold cup final live on Racing Post Greyhound TV that's Sky Channel 437 uh, Tipperary interest here in the final with Born Warrior who won the uh, Irish Greyhound Derby last year he runs from trap number 6 here uh, for Jennifer O'Donnell below his best in recent outings but uh, certainly not out of it here if he could produce one of his quickest starts he'll no doubt have plenty of supporters there in that feature final but I think trap number one is the one they all have to beat Stream of Sydney was owned by Austin Whelan trained in Cap White by Pat Buckley seven wins from 16 career outings set the standard last week when winning in 28-07 she's got phenomenal pace she's been a real eye catcher over the course of the last maybe six or seven weeks and I think Stream of Sydney will get the job done there uh, for Pat Buckley there in that feature final on Saturday night big race uh, there at Shelburne Park it's the Paddy Keogh suspended ceilings gold cup final so it really is um, another busy weekend some really good action as well over the course of Saturday night on um, Racing Post Greyhound TV which is a big hit of course for anyone that can't make the track but no doubt there will be a massive crowd um, in attendance there um, on Saturday night in Shelburne always a fantastic night out there at the Dublin venue uh, just another race to keep an eye on there um, on um, uh, Saturday night will be the Connect 6 Leg 6 AO um, this uh, over 525 the other Kobe uh, represents uh, represents uh, Jennifer O'Donnell in trap number four. Crypto Punk will represent Graham Holland in trap number two. Bacco's Budzit is the interesting one here in trap number five. Returns to racing action for Graham Holland, and you have Raham Mofa as well in trap number six. Really is a brilliant race there, and um, it'll be interesting to see how that will pan out. Slight preference there. Going to take a chance with Bacco's Budzit, who might be able to return to his uh, very best. And Graham Holland um, will be on the score sheet, no doubt, on Saturday night. His uh, Bacco's that looks bulletproof there in the 10th of the night um, so all to play for over the course of the weekend as I said plenty of Tipperary interest all over the country and it promises to be another brilliant weekend of Greyhound Racing Barry Drake there as informative as ever here talking dogs on Across the Line now just before I leave you I'll remind you that there's some rugby happening over the weekend unfortunately none of these games are on in Tipperary in the Division 2A of the AIL Nina are away to Dolphin and Cashel are away to Ballymena while in Division 2C Clonmel are away to Bangor and all three of those games get underway at half past two tomorrow so just a final reminder that we've two live games happening on Tip FM over the weekend we have Tipperary versus Dublin in the National Hurling League that's at 5pm on Saturday myself and Ken Hogan will be talking through that one and then on Sunday I will be in Longford for Tipperary versus Longford in the National Football League that one gets underway at 2pm so we've plenty of coverage here on Tip FM over the weekend and uh, that's about all we've got time for I'd like to thank all my guests and you the listeners for tuning in Carl Power is on after the news but until tomorrow I will talk to you later bye for now